to the Cooler Women's Wellness Tribe, the podcast. Get comfortable, get your walking shoes on and let's get going. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Women's Wealth, the podcast with me, Joanne. I am your host. I'm so happy to have you here If you are a returning subscriber, thank you for coming back. And if you've just found me by scrolling on your podcasts, welcome, 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 and please come back. I'm happy to have you all here. Now, this is a part two today. So just very quickly, if you didn't listen to part one of The Witch Wound, you can go back now and have a little listen. Just to recap, I was talking about where The Witch Wound comes from. Um, I went back five, six hundred years and how it still affects us today and certain things that we do as women or certain things that we feel as women. And the reason I am doing this two-parter is because this is something I'm actually working on right now. I have noticed in my own life over the past few years, so this has been ongoing, the more I learn about the witches the witches of the past and magic and reading about feminine energy, feminine embodiment, witches always come up because it was a title or a name given to women who were just a little bit different and empowered women, independent women, women who wanted to step away from the norm, which is something that I really resonate with and In my own work, as I'm doing that, so stepping away, doing my own thing, not doing things altogether traditionally, I'm obviously then uncovering things, thinking, why am I scared of this? Why am I worried about this? Where does this fear come from? And it's something that we do. We reflect a lot when we're on our own growth journey. And I'm going to use growth journey rather than healing journey because I feel like they go hand in hand. Everyone talks about their healing But yes, as we're healing, we're also growing. So I'm going to call it my growth journey from now on. This is just something that I thought about in the car. (laughs) Um, So today, part two of the witch wound. And what what I'm going to talk about is gender roles, stereotypes. How as women we perceive ourselves because of the witch wound. So let's get straight into it. So the witch wound. It impacts many aspects of our life, including how we look at ourselves, whether we trust ourselves, whether we trust our intuition, how confident we are. Do we have an ability to speak up? Do we keep ourselves small? Do we embrace our power or do we stay hidden? And like I said, this is something I'm working on. I'm working on using my voice, speaking up, not keeping myself hidden. And this impact often comes from the way society tries or has tried to mould and control women for its benefit. Now, this isn't a We Hate Men podcast. I'm just going to put that out there because I was talking to my boyfriend the other day and he he's like, oh, anti-men, we hate men. That That is not it. So he always jokes around, actually, when I say something, he's like, oh, it's the patriarchy's fault, is it? And, you know, it is. Some things are. 
but not every man has those thoughts and ideologies. And the same as women, we have these, you know, the witch wound, for example, or stereotypes. Men have that on the other side. So sometimes they don't even realize, they don't consider that actually, oh, I didn't think of it that way because they've never been told to think of it in a different way. So I'm just going to put that there. Just side note, because I had that discussion with my boyfriend the other day and he was like, oh, he does this voice about the patriarchy voice. And he obviously also doesn't understand it because he's a man and not in a detrimental way because he's never had to experience it or never had... I'm going to give an example and this is why we were talking about it. Slightly off tangent, but I sold my car last week and there there was a man that was coming around, didn't sell it to this man because he offered me a ridiculous, ridiculously small amount. But I asked, so this is one, so I asked, will you come outside when the man comes? Because, you know, I hold my hands up. I don't know anything about cars, but neither does he. He knows exactly the same as me. I actually put oil in my car the day before because the oil light came on and I did it. Yes, I did just double check on Google that it was the oil, you know, I was picking up, picking the right lid off, but I've done that for a long time. My dad showed me when I was younger and I said to him and I was like, oh, I'm going to put oil in. I was like, just make sure he's like, oh, I don't know. So he does not know. However, when this man was coming around to look at the car, I asked him to come outside because I know that if there's a woman on her own with a car, they're going to try and sort of be all mechanical and, you know, I wouldn't have any clue, but neither does he. The plan worked because he came out and the man did all the talking to him, was showing him things on the car and explaining things to him. He had no clue. Like he looked at me at one point and he was like, you know, so this is where the patriarchy is sort of like hidden away. And yes, I used it to my advantage that day because I had him there to speak to the guy so I didn't have to. And he he was able to pretend he knew what he was talking about. So when we had the conversation after that though, and I was saying, look how he talked to you and look how he spoke to me. And, you know, that's where the patriarchy conversation came in. So I know I digressed a little there. Now, this all comes from, so going back to stereotypes, impact of gender roles, is the way society tries to mould and control women for its own benefit. And this results in gender roles and stereotypes about what femininity is and how that can negatively impact both men and women. When they first began to develop, gender roles actually were aimed to help communities utilise their members, so the strengths. So this would have been working on, so forget gender, think about the energy now, feminine and masculine energy. So instead of looking at gender specifically as the as you know biological body parts, it would have been, you know, men are physically stronger. They are more logical. They they would, would have been sent off hunting. Women are more nurturing and caring. And obviously they carry children, so raising children. And, you know, this was sort of the set roles because that's how it worked based on the energy and the physicality. And they also ensured everyone's safety. So yes, women are biologically smaller than men. And, you know, 
I see a lot online, you know, feminism and women can do this, women can do that. Yeah, they they can. But I hold my hands up and say that I, my whole view of feminism has changed over the years because first of all, I understand now that as a woman, I do not fit into a man's box and I'm never going to be and I don't want to. Now I understand the way that my body works, the way that my, I have a infradian rhythm and not circadian rhythm and, you know, I don't want to be doing the same as a man because my body isn't built for that energetically, physically, spiritually and emotionally. However, that's where gender roles came from. And gender roles are not actually a natural phenomenon, but their impact on modern society is very real real, and it has affected women's and men's lives. Stereotypes related to femininity have also been twisted to suit the goals of those in power. So again, coming back to that patriarchy. So what society considers traditionally feminine is always changing. Did you know the colour blue used to actually be associated with women because society felt the colour was more dainty and soft than pink? Now, I didn't know that. So as you can see, that has also changed over the years. Girls used to wear blue and that kind of makes sense to me because blue is a very calming colour. Heels were originally worn by men. And I, I knew that. I can remember reading this in um, a museum. But if you think back to movies that you've seen and, you know, they're dressed, men were dressed very feminine. They had the big hair, the heels. And that was to showcase their status and prove their masculinity. So think back. I can't think Johnny Depp's in my head. My movie with him. They actually wore makeup back then as well, again, to show their masculinity. So... There's just two well-known stereotypes from modern life that, from modern world, the modern world, that have changed. So blue is now seen as masculine and dressing up, doing your hair, wearing heels is now seen as feminine. But if gender roles are constantly changing, then how can there be an ideal feminine behavior? How are we, how can there be an ideal way to act, look, or, you know, how we act in society? So in reality, being feminine isn't all about wearing makeup, jewellery, heels, dressing or behaving a certain way. And at the moment, there's a lot in the news, not the news, you know, YouTubes and, you know, people who are changing genders. And personally, for me, I feel a lot of it is this outside source that putting makeup on, jewellery, heels, dressing in a, in a way, doesn't, that's not what makes you feminine. So yes, it's a feeling. Yes, it's an emotion. Yes, it's an energy, not just what's on the outside. And if you ask each other, ask your friends, ask other women, we will all define femininity in our own unique way. And we will all define masculinity, male, in our own unique way. And this isn't a bad thing. This is actually a good thing because this means that there's such a big scope for this. So traditionally, gender roles have been used to oppress women and benefit those in power at the expense of women. 
So yes, society has advanced over the years. Women are still pressured to look a certain way, behave a certain way, be seen, not heard, defer to the men in their lives, hide their authentic selves because they would be labelled as odd or weird or bitch, you know? How many of you, hands up, if you're listening to this on your own, be honest, how many of you have come across a woman who's a little bit strong emotionally or speaks her mind or, you know, just says it as it is and in your mind you're like, God, she's a bitch. Because I know I have, holding my hands up, and this is my witch wound. So generally, when a woman steps out of this ideal feminine role and steps into something else, we look at her differently. And we judge her for being a bitch. That's the best word. I'm sorry to swear. (laughs) But that is what we do. And that is where the witch wound comes in because she's just using her voice. She might be crying inside. And I've had people tell me that but when they met me, they thought I was standoffish because I didn't really talk and I'm not very forthcoming. But that's because I'm a massive introvert and I'm always like, oh, I don't know what to say, I don't know. you know? And this is the way that we judge. This is the way that we look because... What as women were supposed to be like, oh, hi, how are you? And really polite. And, you know, that, that I am polite. I use my manners, but I'm an observer and I, I judge, I not judge, but I watch and I make, you know, I look for who is safe. So not judging people as in, oh, she's this, she's that. I like to feel safe. So when I enter a room and there's a lot of people, it might look like I'm being standoffish because I'm quiet and I'm you know, just smiling or I'll gravitate to someone towards that, that I know because I'm like, right, I don't know these people. I need to feel safe. Again, hello, witch wound. And it's years and years and years. Women are told how to act, how to dress, how to behave from the moment they're born so that we can fit into these stereotypical gender roles. And that still is happening today. Think about when there's like a, um, a an award show and, you know, the magazines, I don't know if magazines still exist, but they do it online now. You know, magazines like rate their dress, rate their outfit, you know, they're judged on what they wear. And it that starts all the way down for a little, you know, little girl. How many little girls have you seen? And you've probably done it yourself because we think, oh, it's pretty. She's got, they don't have, babies don't have hair when they're born. So we stick a bow in their head, hair not in the head, sorry, (laughs) in the hair, or we make sure she's in pink or we make sure she's in blue. And as I was learning, as I was researching, I read about that. So there's many parents who get dirty looks and they're judged by strangers because their baby is wearing something that doesn't immediately indicate their gender, which again, hence the bows on the head or the tractors on the t-shirt. The same thing happens if the baby, you know, isn't, born looking like a girl but what does a baby girl look like because all babies generally look the same and the only reason we know is on the outside by the clothes and then obviously underneath the 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 body parts you know and that's how we know because most babies look the same and then we have you know sorry if you have a baby and your babies are all beautiful (laughs) but they do and it's just the outfits until they start getting their own little features And, you know, do we 
look at babies and think, oh, they need to look smaller and dainty and gentle to be considered feminine. But what about babies? I think I was quite a big baby, you know, and I don't know if I, I I'm just thinking of myself um, as a baby. I was chubby. And what about women who are naturally tall, strong and muscular? They should also be allowed to embrace their femininity without having to conform to what society thinks a woman should look like. Women should not be excluded from spaces and communities because of their perceived masculinity either. So what does that mean? So again, we might... I'm going to use the word judge, but we we don't judge here. Wealthy women don't judge. But we might, might used to, before we started our growth journeys, look at other women and think, God, look at her. Like, you know, and maybe we wouldn't speak to certain women because they're bigger than us or they're more masculine. And society uses gender roles and stereotypes that seem innocent and harmless to keep everyone behaving in a way that will benefit them. And this does this does do more harm than good. And again, this is a big thing at the moment in uh, on YouTube that I've seen and there's this whole gender debate and you know, I'm just talking here just for women. And this can affect a woman's personality her career choices the opportunities she goes for education boundaries that she sets for herself like look at the girls who are sent home from school for wearing clothes that they're comfortable in because they're distracting for boys i know this happens in the uk girl a girl who her school shirt sorry her skirt was too short or PE shorts was too short or something, because they were distracting for boys. But what about their education? Why isn't their future as important as their male peers? And I remember even being at school and girls getting sent home to wash their makeup off. You know, why? And just to touch on gender roles, because uh, for men, for boys, because I know a lot of you listening to this probably have sons, Now, the gender roles that are expected of men are just as bad. They're just as controlling. They're encouraged to be aggressive. They're encouraged to be dangerous. They're also encouraged, and this is the most saddening, not to show emotion. Don't cry. Hold in your emotions. Don't talk about your emotions. And now we know that what a negative effect that has on young men as adults or grown men as adults, you know, they they feel like they have no one to go and to talk to because of the stereotype of it's not macho. So this stereotypical behaviour is, is accepted and it's kind of normalised. But when we're told how to act as a young girl, we're having to deal with these consequences when we grow up. And, you know... Every single woman listening to this, I know that you have experienced some kind of harassment and abuse because this is the way that, you know, just walking down the street, especially in the UK, peeping horns, shouting. I don't know if this is illegal now. I've not been in the UK for seven years. Did they make this illegal? But I know as a young girl, that used to scare me. You know, cars slowly pulling up behind you and they're clearly 
checking you out or trying to intimidate you or shouting something through the window, you know, it's scary. It is scary. And yes, we're talking about the witch wound and, you know, how that affects us. But we do have to remember that the way men are expected to behave and act also plays a role in the way that women are impacted. Think back to being a little girl. How many of you were taught, you know, if you went home and said, oh, David's pushed me. The result, the answer, sorry, not the result. The answer is, oh, it means he likes you. And all this does is just teach young girls that if he's horrible to you, that means he loves you. How many of you have friends who you're like, they're with somebody and I've been that person because we're told that he likes you, he likes you, he likes you. He wouldn't do it if he loved you. So it goes from being pushed in the playground and he likes you to being pushed, controlled, shouted at, emotionally abused, cohesive uh, abuse, because he loves you and you may never have actually put those two together but where does that come from where does that it means he likes you come from and I've been guilty of that when girls when I was teaching girls would come to me and say that such and such a body's being really mean and I would say it means he likes you I have no idea I'm just saying it because it was said to me and I don't even know what I don't know what it means does it the only people that know that is are men but are they are those boys just being mean doesn't mean that they like them and some gender roles have taken away robbed women of equality respect and even being treated like human beings because of these perceived differences created by those in power for example the gender pay gap denial of promotions occupational segregation you know keeping the women separate and my previous role my previous job we had we'd call it the boys club if you you weren't in the boys club I'm talking about fully grown men here the boys club they would stand on there you know stand there chatting at lunch having a right laugh you know then break up go around and tell everyone else that they need to be doing their jobs and I know that even in, so this would have been just before I left the school, that a, a conversation or something was said about women of childbearing age, let's say, that they were put into a no pile for possible interviews because they would be probably needing time off from maternity soon. Oh, she's just got married. That is crazy. That is 2022. That's two years ago. And just going back to what I said about men and, you know, not being allowed to admit when they're struggling because it's seen as weak and they're accused of being too feminine. And that's also used as an insult then. You're such a girl. You cry like a girl. Then society wonders why suicide is so high in men. But then they also discourage men from seeking help when they need it. And then on the other hand, women are judged and dismissed for embracing their emotions, their femininity. And they're seen as, they're also seen as weak. So what are we, what are we meant to do? (laughs) And again, this is all stemming from this, 
these gender stereotypes that come from, you know, hundreds of years ago of how we were meant to act, which again links to our witch wound. And these things have an impact on safety, mental health, self-esteem, confidence, and how you treat other people. It blows my mind. It really does. It really blows my mind. Let's talk a little bit about expectations of being a woman and how these experiences have an impact on being being a woman. So we're all women here. When a girl is born, so when we were born or when we're little, our parents and mothers expected to dress us, like I've said, in certain colours. We're told to act a certain way, be gentle, remain calm, be quiet, you know, remain unseen. And this is how society and traditional gender roles prefer little girls to show up. And again, how many of you are guilty saying, oh, little girls don't act like that because that's what we're told, that's what we were told. You know, why these traits are, you know, they're not necessarily bad. It could just be confidence, you know, she's fiery. There's nothing wrong with that. But when we're doing it and we're telling her not to, that is when the problem starts. That is when the damage can start. So when a young girl decides to share her authentic self with the world, so whether that's going outside, getting dirty because she loves connecting with nature and animals, or she takes an interest in fashion, she doesn't conform, and then she may be shamed, belittled, teased, dismissed. And I've even had that as an adult, as a woman, an adult woman with tattoos, they're not feminine. And how crazy, I'm like, my tattoos are very feminine, actually. <laughs> they are, they're pretty flowers. But just being told they're not feminine because someone has this perception that women shouldn't have tattoos. And this is how the witch wound is present in 2024, in society now, in my life, in your life. As advanced as we are, we're still telling little girls that they can't do certain things based on their gender. We're still telling certain certain girls, little girls, how they should act. We're still telling each other as women how we should act, what we should do how we should look, how we should dress. You should be having children. You shouldn't be leaving your career. You should be married by now. All of these things I've experienced, you shouldn't dress like that. You shouldn't have pink hair at your age. You shouldn't have tattoos. All of this is present. All of this is here. All of this is the hangover from the witch wound. And it's our jobs to stop this being passed down. When we see a little girl doing her thing and if she wants to wear, you know, I don't know, a football strip while doing ballet and, you know, scream at the top of her voice, let her express herself. Because if you let her express herself, she's just, she's going to see that as an, you know, it's not behavior all of the time. Because it only becomes, now think back to your own rebellious. When you're told not to do something, you want to do it. If you allow it in certain situations where it's safe, where it's okay, you know, we can't be running around all over the place because it's not always safe. But showing our little girls that it's okay to be your your authentic self. Go and get muddy. 
You don't have to wear a tutu. Go and get muddy in your tutu. It's all about keeping our authentic selves. And it's so easy to lose your authentic self and become the ideal protagonist in your life story. That ideal person. We can act like that ideal person. That's easy. What is hard is to fight against that. And the worst part is, and this is what I've found, is that many of us don't even realise it's happening. You probably may not have ever reflected on any of this until you listen to this podcast because it's so normal. So I invite you to reflect look back on your own experiences, see where you have picked up these gender stereotypes or gender roles and have brought them into your adulthood, but really you don't feel like they're your authentic self and start to grow from that. Start to heal that witch wound. You know, in your house, have you taken on this, you know, the gender stereotypical roles, but you really want to I don't know if whatever I say now is going to be a gender stereotypical role, but generally, you know, the, the men do all the handiwork, the women do the housework. Maybe next time there's a handy job, you'll get, you do it. If that's what you want to do, do it. Don't wait for your husband to get home. So I'm just going to end a little bit of how, a, little, a few more pointers, how we reclaim our witch wound. Now, The subconscious mind I've spoken about a lot in other podcasts. It's so powerful. But the thing is, and what makes it so powerful, is that we were not aware of how it impacts us. This part of our minds contain memories. They it generates thoughts, it works with our emotions, it controls sensory input, it stores our behaviours, our habits. So in other words, this part of our brain is responsible for recording events and experiences that we gather through our sensory organs. Sight, sound, taste, touch, smell. Is that all of them? I think so. And that's why when we interact with another person, how they treat us and how they talk to us is so impactful. So if even if they say something that they feel is a compliment or helpful we might feel insulted or that might make us feel bad about ourselves. This can then impact, oh my gosh, you know, I have, it was actually an insult at school and this plays on my mind even now and it's been 20, what, 20 years maybe? Um, And that insult bothered me back then. I remember it really bothered me and even now I'll just be driving along and it pops into my head And it obviously affected my self-confidence and my self-esteem in a way that I did not realise until, again, recently when I started my growth journey. And this is, again, the witch wound. And people influencing our own subconscious mind. Like, has anyone ever said to you, like, oh, you should be more like her or do it like her? Again, That's something that I found a lot when I was growing up and in school and, you know, doing competition, not competitions, talent shows, I'll do it like them. And that sticks with us. And while people don't think these are harmful, they're actually encouraging that competition. 
And again, something I'm working on at the moment. I don't want to be in competition with other women. We're all amazing. And I'm really, really, really working on that because a couple of years ago, my first thought would be like, oh my God, she's doing better than me. And not in competition as in I want to be better than them. I allow them to be better than me. So for me, then I step back. So I see the competition, I step back and I allow it because I'm not the best at that or, you know, that's that's what I'm working on. So not in as a case that I have to be bigger and better and stronger and bolder and louder and my Instagram needs to be best. I pull back and I don't, I, 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 I take myself and I put myself away because that's where I should be. And that's what I'm currently working on. Working on these core beliefs, working on these presumptions that I make about myself and the world that I live in. And these are all from previous experience and they're deeply rooted in my subconscious and your subconscious. You'll have your own version of those. But we can change these core beliefs. And the way that we do this is by flipping our thoughts. Now, I know I've spoken about this a few times, but it really, really works. We need to identify what we believe in ourselves first. So what are these negative core beliefs? And you might not be able to sit down and make a list or you might. So once you've listened to the podcast today, just have a little thing like, what do I believe about myself? And they are your core beliefs, the negative ones. We want to get these negative ones out. Start slowly and build yourself up. It might be just one. And then we're going to flip it. So let's just talk about one of the biggest things for women. These core beliefs that we don't have a nice body. We think we're fat. Some of the most beautiful people I know, beautiful women I know, only judge themselves on their weight, their size. And this is their negative core belief. I'm fat, therefore I'm not beautiful. So by changing this, my stomach may not be flat. If you've had a baby, oh my God, the amount of times like, oh, a pre-baby body, you're never going to get your pre-baby body back. But how amazing that you've carried a baby. Only a small amount of people get back to their pre-baby body because you've carried a human That is not a negative thing. So yes, your stomach might not be flat, but you have created life in there. And if you haven't, your stomach might not be flat, but it's protecting your organs, which allows you to live, which keeps you alive, which helps you to stay healthy, which allows you to spend time with your family and friends and enjoy life. And we could go on and on and on and on. So just notice how that I'm fat, I'm not beautiful can be flipped around. We change that core belief. So personally for me, one is that people don't want to hear what I have to say, which is ironic that I've got a podcast, but this is working through that. And for me, I I don't check my downloads, but if one person messaged me, I know I say this all the time, but it's truly, it's real. If I can't believe that one person... Another person across the world has listened to what I have to say for 35 minutes. How amazing is that? How amazing. And it really helps me. 
even again on Instagram, on social media, not about the likes, not about the views. It's if I get one person like, oh my God, yes, thank you. So I'm not like, oh, only one, only one person. Wow. One person, one other person. I've, I've changed their life. Like that is, that is amazing. It's another human being. So we're working on this wound. We're flipping these beliefs, flipping these core beliefs that have been passed down through this ancestral trauma to positives because there is positive in, in everything. And it's retraining our brain. It's called, it's actually the scientific word for it is neuroplasticity. It's teaching our brain to think the opposite. Our brain will automatically go for what we're you know, the stereotypical thoughts, what we're told to believe by other people, our, you know, that's what we will go to. So flipping that and training your brain. When you're late, our first reactions are, oh my God, I'm late. They're going to be so mad. You know, we have this panic, but instead, you know, right. Okay. Yes, I'm late. I can let them know. There's nothing I can do about it. This gives everybody involved a little bit more time to get sorted. You know, for example, if you're going to a meeting, if you're late for work, okay, yes, I might be late for work, but I'm safe. And we're generally only late for a genuine reason, especially for things like work. You don't, you know, we don't do it on purpose. We're not late on purpose. So flipping that, I'm sorry, I'm late and having that panic to, okay, yes, I'm here now. It's okay. I have time to do X, Y, Z. And one thing as well, I'm just going to finish on this. Your thoughts are always with you. So we want our thoughts to be good. If we've got something with us all of the time, think about if you had the choice between your most positive friend and your most negative friend, who do you want to spend time with? So your thoughts are with you all of the time. We want we want to be able to spend time with them. We don't want to be like, oh God, you know, our thoughts are with us all of the time. It does take time to take ownership of them and make them yours. And it is hard because we're having to retrain. We've lived with this witch wound for years and years and years and years and these subconscious beliefs for years and years and years and years. It's not going to happen overnight. But take your time with it. Learn. Go away and read. Because I can, if you want to know which books I've been reading about um, the witch wound, drop me a message and I'll share them with you. And they're not all woo-woo, it's not all witchy and magic. There's a lot of science in these books. So let me know and I'll happily send them to you. And on that note, because now I'm digressing once more, thank you for listening. And I have a guest for next week an amazing guest. This podcast is one for all the parents, the next, the guest podcast. So you'll find out more next week. So thank you all. I will see you soon. And yes, look after your thoughts. And that's it today, everybody. I hope you have a lovely week and I'll see you again next week. Don't forget, five stars, download, tell your friends. You're amazing.